Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. Your weekly opportunity to tune in and listen to the best review team online, taking time out to chat with you and each other about everything lingerie. Our incredible team have reviewed over 7,000 reviews so they know what they're talking about. Every week is different, from chatting about their favorite brands of hosiery to educating you about playing safe when delving into the world of kinkwear for the first time. So for open and frank talk on all topics surrounding the world of lingerie, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. So I am Daisy May and I have my own little series here on the Lingerie Lowdown podcast called The Vintage Glamour Devotee. So today we're on episode eight and I thought this month I would talk about something that I love and it's something that I've kind of reviewed before as well, which is my love of leopard print. So... Since I can remember, I have always loved leopard print. It's always been something that I thought was really cool, even if it was tacky. (laughs) Um, I have leopard prints that I think look very traditional 1950s pin-up leopard. I have tacky leopard. I have modern, like, twists on leopard print. Um, Different coloured leopard prints. I have lots of leopard print. Um, a lot of uh, people, like, this again comes from the kind of pin-up 1950s vintage glamour theme. Um, but a lot of women who love it call themselves like leopardesses or like a leopardess. So you're like a female leopard or the embodiment of a leopard. <laughs> um, and I thought this kind of, this podcast, I could talk a little bit about the history of leopard print. Because, I mean, obviously, we all know where leopard print comes from, a leopard. But, you know, what was it that made it go mainstream? How did it become mainstream? Why is it so popular? Um, I think it's kind of a fun thing to kind of think about and talk about. Um, so, yeah. And I will also talk at the end of the podcast, if you guys last that long. Um, and that will be about the leopard print things that I own and that I love and cherish. And also, I feel like there's a couple of things that I mentioned there at the end that will kind of you know, if you're looking to add a bit of leopard print to your wardrobe and you're not sure what to add, um, they're good kind of suggestions. Um, I get a lot of comments from people saying that I always seem very well coordinated, but the truth is I wear a lot of leopard print. I always have red lipstick and pretty much always red nails. I wear a lot of black, a lot of leopard print, a lot of red. I've, there's a couple of, got a couple of other favourite colours, but when you have the majority of your wardrobe in black, red and leopard print, it's very easy to be coordinated. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so it's kind of, you look very well, like planned out, but it's actually just because there's versatile items in your wardrobe. So I will talk about that a little bit at the end. Um, but first I'm going to go into the history of leopard print. So where does it come from? So, as I mentioned, obviously, leopard print comes from the leopard or the panthera, something like that. It's spelled P-A-N-T-H-E-R-A, which is the family of uh, cats that leopards come from. I think I've said that correctly. Um, And what I find really interesting about leopard print is technically it's meant for camouflage, but rarely do people wear it to camouflage. It's usually 
something people wear to stand out. So it's worn in fashion the exact the exact opposite way <laughs> that it's naturally intended, which I think is quite um, interesting. So I think it's a very femme fatale. It's a very powerful print. Um, I think it has quite a standoffish face, like almost unapproachable, otherworldly look. But that's just my opinion. Maybe some people just think I look tacky. <laughs> Um, but that's also fine. Um, so in the 18th and 19th century, um, I mean, generally there's there's different periods in time where there was kind of what you would call an exotic pet boom. I know we've seen people like, oh, I don't know, um, who's that boxer's name? I've forgotten his name, that's terrible. There's a boxer that had a tiger or, you know, Michael Jackson with a monkey. There's um multiple famous people, especially through the early 20th century, that had these exotic animals as pets, which we obviously all know now that that's highly inappropriate um, and not safe and, you know, generally not great. But um, in the 18th and 19th century, it was very, um, very rare to see it. Um, and in the early 19th century, prints like this were, um, you know, they were seen by movie stars and models um, and, ce- and celebrities. They were very, it became a very iconic, rare um, kind of, it was seen as like very sophisticated, you know, because not everyone had it. It wasn't readily available to the average person um, and it was always glamorized like in movies or magazines and things well, not magazines but and prints and things like that um so yeah it's a very iconic um it's a very iconic thing that you couldn't get and bearing in mind during this time leopard print wasn't I mean no fashion was mass created as it is now um there wasn't even the ability to have machines that made fake fur and things like um that came sort of after world war Two and through the 50s and 60s so it, it, it unfortunately a lot of this fur was real fur um and these animals were like i wouldn't say hunted necessarily for their fur but there's obviously was a sense of like a trophy aspect to it which obviously i completely disagree with it's just it's horrible. I'm vegan. I would never want to hurt an animal to be able to wear something pretty. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> um, but back in this time, it was very, um, very limited and only available to a limited few. Um, but in the 1920s, um, you began to see leopard print in places like Vogue. Um, and on, I don't know if anyone knows who this is, but, or even actually, if you're not even familiar with Vogue, I would say it's worth going to have a little Google and look up like 1920s photo shoots in Vogue um, and front covers and things. Back then there was a lot of illustrations as well that were really, really cool. So they're worth having a little look up if you want to. Um, but they were seen on people like Joan Crawford. She's a great person to look up if you're wanting some kind of great leopard print imagery. Um, and it became, you know, very, very, very popular in films. I mean, you can even sit on people like Lauren Bacall. Uh, she also has incredible style. I would say have a little look at her right now um, if you want to while you're listening. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, after World War Two, there became a huge um, change in dynamic for fashion. So how things were developed, uh, garment manufacturing, fabric uh, development and manufacturing um 
it, you know, you started to see in fashion and in clothing, um, you know, to the average person, a lot more prints and colours than there had been before. You know, previous to that, it was very muted tones. That's why you see in the sort of 30s and 40s, a lot more browns and navies and greens and things. Um, and then as you go through the 50s and 60s, you started to see like cerise and lilac and emeralds and, you know, other colours that were then becoming more widely available. So, you know, it's fair to say as something becomes more accessible, sometimes it loses its appeal um, or it it loses that status of wealth and sophistication because now not only the wealthy can afford it, you know, it starts to work its way down to the working class, which I'm glad it did because, um, you know, I love leopard print and I want to wear it. Um, and this is before fast fashion came around still. So even though, you know, garment manufacturing and fashion had a boom, so to speak, it wasn't being still wasn't being made on the scale that it is today. Um, and one of the most iconic uh, designers to use leopard print was Christian Dior. So again, I would say definitely go and have a Google if you're not familiar with the, you know, sort of early works of Christian Dior, because obviously, you know, they're a designer that have been around a long, long time. Um, and some of the vintage photography through the 30s, 40s and 50s is just absolutely sensational. So I would say go and have a little look at that now if you want to as well. It will help to paint a lovely picture of the, the vintage glamour that I'm, you know, always harping on about. <laughs> Um, and then another iconic um, brand I would say to look at would be Fredericks of Hollywood, um, also Coal of California. Um, but Fredericks of Hollywood in the sort of 50s through to the 70s, mostly um, they, you know, catalogues were being produced for these fashions. Um, and some of their imagery is absolutely stunning. Um, really cool um, nightwear, loungewear, swimwear, um, heels and things like that. If you think of like boudoir photo shoot with like fluffy mules, that's the kind of vibe of Fredericks of Hollywood. It's very pin-up glamour. Um, but going back to Kristen Dior, um, so when these fabrics were being um, manufactured, they were they sort of started to gain more popularity with the, with a wider audience, obviously, because they started to become more uh, available to the public. Um, and it said that the, <laughs> that he advised women, um, if you are fair and sweet, don't wear it. <laughs> so um, even then, it still when it was becoming more available to the public, you know, and wouldn't say the average person, but people who could still afford lovely uh, outfits and things at this time, um, it was still seen as this very strong confident like powerful look which obviously isn't isn't for everybody um but you know i think it's safe to say leopard print does have a really incredible eye-catching quality um i mean even the animal alone is absolutely stunning but the print or the um fake fur is also gorgeous um you know and at this point as i say i think it's important to note that a lot of things weren't real leopard you know once you got to this point it was um printed fabrics um fredericks of hollywood would often make things on nylon and things like that so you know you're not just looking at uh you know fake fur faux fur you know it's being printed on all different kinds of uh, fabrics wovens knitwear things like that um 
Another person who's absolutely iconic, I'm really not sure how you pronounce this name, so I'm going to spell it. It's M-I-T-Z-A-H, and then the surname is Bricard, I think, which is B-R-I-C-A-R-D. And this person is known as Christian Dior's Lepidus. So going back to that word that I have uh, mentioned earlier, but I often use, <laughs> she was known as Christian Dior's, Dior's Lepidus. Now, this woman worked as a pattern cutter in 1946, and it's really incredible. She sounds like she had a very bougie life. Um, she lived near the Ritz, um, rarely, apparently rarely worked before noon, which sounds like my dream. Um, um, always seen in pearls, leopard print, hats. She was fabulous. So that's kind of, I did a little bit of research on her. Again, the imagery is stunning. Definitely look uh, this person up if you have the time. Um, but uh, Dior adored her style basically, and he eventually um appointed her director of um Dior for <coughs> excuse me for millinery millinery. I'm never sure how you say that word, but it's basically it means hats. So someone who will create hats or headwear. Um, there's a quote that's really uh, interesting, and it said um. She would walk around the studio practically naked, draped in panther skin. It was rather a lot for a young man to take. So that's basically, you, that paints a lovely picture of what she's like. But when you look up the images, you will really see it's that real power femme fatale look, which I adore and wish I could look like every single day if I could. Um, someone who photographed her a lot as well, who's absolutely incredible, um, is, again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Horst P. Horst. So horse.p.horst, and that's H-O-R-S-T-P, and then the same again, H-O-R-S-T. Um, again, I've got a whole Pinterest board on this person because the photography is just absolutely stunning. Um, so again, if you want to, while you're listening, go and have a little look because I always wish that I could recreate some of these vintage photographs for my own website because, yeah, it's just so iconic and powerful. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, uh, Christian Dior was very inspired by her love of leopard print. And I think, you know, from my research, it's fair to say that that's kind of one of the reasons why he began using more leopard print in his collections and in the photography and everything. With Christian Dior's impact on the fashion industry and the world, you know, um, you know, and a lot of movie stars would have worn uh, Dior's outfits as well. So that's kind of uh, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why it became so uh, popular and eventually worked its way into the mainstream once the fashion industry um, and the garment manufacturing industry had developed and changed. Um, so it was presented as this incredible glamour and then through the 50s and 60s it became more readily available. Um, so, you know, thankfully, thankfully... He uh he did use it so much because maybe leopard print wouldn't be quite so iconic without Dior. Maybe that's my opinion, but it very very much seems that way from my research. Enjoying the conversations today? Well, we wanted to take a short break to tell you more about our website. Are you looking to treat a loved one or yourself to some new lingerie or hosiery and don't know where to start? Let the most diverse team of presenters from across the globe introduce you to more than 500 brands as we publish new and exclusive reviews every day. 
In fact, we have over 7,000 reviews available online right now, and you can join us from only $9.99 a month. However, we want to treat you to something a little special for listening to our podcast today. Use the promo code PODCAST to get 10% off the purchase price. Best of all, there's no time limit with this code, so you can keep using it when you renew your membership. So after listening to the rest of the podcast, head on over to lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use the promo code podcast today. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. But yes, as I mentioned, through the 50s and 60s, uh, leopard print, you know, as I say, some things when they become more readily available, lose their iconicness. But this didn't. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can still see leopard print through the 70s and the 80s getting a lot more, I don't know if you call it trashy, but definitely a lot more outrageous and um, modern like twists on um, leopard print, more like graffiti or like illustrated, um, like rough around the edges or, um, you know, like neons or different kind of textured prints and things like that you can see a lot more development in leopard print through those eras and then obviously the 80s is always known for being over the top so there's some incredible actually i've even seen some beautiful 90s uh takes on 40s fashion um so i've seen a few of those pop up, pop up on ebay but they're um they're never in my size so if you're ever looking for some amazing leopard print vintage stuff i would always say ebay and etsy and uh even depop sometimes but I don't enjoy scrolling through Depop for hours, so um, I tend to stick to eBay and Etsy. But you can find some amazing things. They just always tend to be like a size 8 or a size 10. And that's a, their size from like 20, 30 years ago. So <laughs> they're a lot smaller than today's 8 or 10. Um, but what I wanted to r- remind people as well is that um, leopards, leopards and cats in general have been worshipped far and and kind of... They've all had different symbolism meanings over time. So, for example, even the Egyptians had a view on leopards. Um, there's all different parts of the world, um, like Native Americans and um, uh, different places in Africa and Asia, um, that, you know, they all have different meanings to um, leopard, leopards. Um, obviously all different animals but you know leopard symbolism symbolism goes back many many a year it's just that there was a boom during this time through the 19th to the 20th century that is um, timed very well with just the changes going on in the world especially after world war ii that kind of you know encouraged this kind of boom of um, that exotic animal boom (laughs) for people wanting pets and stuff which is obviously again wrong um but you know being people being able to wear it and kind of have a piece of that glamour um again I'm aware that that's very glamorized that people had exotic pets but you know being able to wear something and not own it I think there's always a part of that you know like fake designer clothes or something you have the label but not the price you know that kind of aspect um, but it's safe to say that leopard prints, uh, the symbolism, the main words that I've written down here across the board from um, different cultures is confidence, power, survival, and they hunt at night. So there's something very fearless and bold about these um, animals. And I think 
I mean, lions are incredible and so are tigers, but there's something about a cheetah or a leopard, the print, it's just, I mean, it's incredible, really, when you think about it, like, even just evolution created this amazing fur, it's just, it's, it's sensational, um, I also do love zebra print, actually, I have to admit, I'm not just a leopard print lover, I'm an animal print lover, across the board, (laughs) um, and the other words are wealth and sophistication, so obviously, they're not things that were associated so much so a long time ago, um, but definitely so in the sort of 18th, 19th and early 20th century. So that's kind of a little bit of history about leopard print. Um, but I really want to go into um, the pieces that I own. So I have three vintage pieces um, that are leopard print that I adore. One of them is a Cole of California swimsuit. Cole is C-O-L-E of California. So literally just Cole of California and um, my swimsuit I love and I hope I still fit it because it's absolutely tiny and I bought it when I was really much smaller than I am now <laughs> so I hope I still fit it um, maybe one day I'll do a review on a couple of vintage items um, definitely keep an eye out on my social media because I'll give a shout out if I'm ever doing some vintage reviews but um, yeah my cold of California swimsuit is one of my favourite items in my wardrobe. They're really hard to get hold of, um, especially again in your size. And this is one of the biggest ones I found, which is why I bought it. The swimsuit is not like modern day swimsuit. This kind of wetsuit or like lycra fabric. It's literally like a heavy cotton fabric that's stretchy. So I would imagine very itchy when it's wet as well. <laughs> um, so it goes to show, you know, this is a 60s swimsuit. Um so we've come a long way in uh, fabric manufacturing, <laughs> but yeah, this is not um, this is not your traditional swimsuit, and it's kind of low on the hips, um, like V plunge, backless kind of vibe. I did have some pictures on my previous social media before it got deleted for being a laundry model, a topic for another podcast. <laughs> um, but I will repost some of those as it's coming into spring now. So um, keep an eye out on my social media if you want to have a look at that. My new Instagram handle is at miss two underscores Daisy May. Uh, May is M-A-E. Um, so yeah, I'll share some photos of that. So keep an eye out for those in the coming weeks. Um, the second item is that another brand I mentioned was Fredericks of Hollywood. Now, they do some really cool nylon loungewear and nightwear. You can get, like, shirts and things like that as well. Um, and this is kind of like a 1960s um, chemise baby doll, but it's like a top. It's like an actual... Well, you could wear it to lounge in. I think that's the point of it, but you could easily wear it as a top, like, tucked into a skirt or something like that. It's really, really cute. Um, and again it's this nylon but it's not like modern nylon it's got this really kind of strange feel to it but definitely a strong fabric unlike a lot of modern clothes it's really interesting (laughs) you know how different um, fabrics feel I've got some like woven 1940s woolen um, jackets and suits and things and the, the fabric material is so much better quality than fabric now um, the third vintage item that I love is my 1950s leopard print mules. Now, these are so vintage that I wouldn't even wear them outside of my house or from a photo shoot because they're, they're sort of, they've got some like brown mock leather on them and they're kind of close to peeling off. Um, but they're so beautiful and iconic and, um, 
yeah, I've searched high and low for years to find these in a bigger size than like a UK two. Um, and I managed to find like a five and a half and I can just about squeeze my feet in. So, um, they're like another statement vintage piece that I've been searching for for years. Um, there's a few, um, repro, which is reproduction kind of, uh, vintage inspired items. So they're modern, but vintage inspired, um, one, two, and three are all Dita Von Teese items. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and if you didn't know, I am literally a huge Dita Von Teese fan and I collect her lingerie. So one of my favourite sets is the Madame X range. In my opinion, I'd say it's the most comfortable range. Um, it's really sexy, really sophisticated, but super comfy. You can literally wear it all day. It's just amazing. I have it in about 12 colours, maybe more. Um, and I have that in the old leopard and then they recently bought out cheetah so I'm trying to find that online um, and it's gorgeous I have it in, in black teal aquamarine paradise pink deep cherry juniper oh my god I have it in so many colors it's ridiculous um, the next one is a silk chemise and robe I bought these actually on brand alley um, they're absolutely stunning i absolutely love them and i believe the reviews will be coming for those uh this year so keep an eye out for those and the third item is millicent which is a three-piece lingerie set that i have already reviewed for lingerie lowdown um and it's still to this day one of my favorite pieces by dita von Teese. i'd say it's not one of the most comfortable um just because um I think it's one of those things, some bras just fit you really well or some just slightly don't. It's still more comfortable than any brand, other brand that I've worn. Um, but but it's um it's amazing though. It's like this gorgeous satin leopard print with like this like vampy, like stunning like lace. It's oh it's just absolutely amazing. Um if you aren't signed up to lingerie lowdown, um use my code um may m-a-e 10 so just m-a-e 10 and that will give you a little bit of discount so you can go and check out some of my reviews as well um and you can see medicine in the flesh um if not just google a picture so you can see what i'm talking about it is absolutely iconic um i actually bought this set at she said boutique um i'm currently the laundry manager for she said boutique it's a little shop in the lane or well, in the south lanes in brighton in um, the UK um, um, they still have some in stock actually but um, it's very limited and it's not a it's not a style that's going to be restocked either um, but it is absolutely amazing so have a little check of that and then I've got some kind of accessories and homeware and things like that that I think would be uh, really cool so I bought a like a turban with this like huge knot on the front by Sarah's do what do's definitely um check her out on instagram because she creates the most amazing sort of 40s inspired turbans and if you ever have one of those days where you just think you know what i cannot be asked to do my hair you put that on with some red lipstick and you literally look like you've fallen out of fallen out of a vogue magazine it's the best feeling ever so definitely look at those i think i've got about five or six of her turbans now they they are amazing um and then um, I have some like wraps and things as well. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of kind of like little accessories like that, like scarves um, and things like that, that are really fun to style with. Um, I also have my own knitwear brand, which is Daisy May Bazaar. 
on Instagram. Um, you can find that in my bio. But I make kind of leopard print, animal print knitwear. Again, it's scarves and stuff, just like little accessories. Um, but it's a really fun way to, if you know, if you're wearing like a block colour to like add a section of like print. I think it's a really striking look. Um, and I'm currently looking at, at the moment, I have a couple of leopard print cheetah ceramics in my bedroom. So I won a competition with Dogwood Lifestyle. Again, another brand you should definitely look up. Um, and it's a miniature pink cheetah that I have on my bedside table. It's literally like a, maybe like a 20 centimetre tall, 25 centimetre tall, something like that. Cent um, little pink, pink leopard, um, which I love. And then I have a vintage one on my windowsill that I actually got gifted. Um, someone bought it for me off Instagram as a gift, which was like really, really nice of them. Um, and that's a cheetah with two cubs. And that's a vintage ceramic that's pretty, pretty about 40 centimetres long, maybe 50. It's really, really cool. I'm looking around my room as I'm talking about them. <laughs> um, so they're really, really cool. Um, and very typical, like 40s, having like an giant animal ceramics in your house. Um, I also have leopard print silk dressing gowns, bedding, uh, rug, my pen that I write in my diary. And my diary is leopard print as well. All of those are leopard print or zebra print. Um, I'm planning on getting some leopard print tattoos in with my sleeves. Um, and I've got leopard print throws and all kinds of things like that in my room that just add a little bit of print into like a quite a simple, um, you know, like a white room. You can just add real cool personality through those kind of homewares and things so that brings us to the end of my episode eight for the vintage glamour devotee um every month i try and talk about something a little bit different some are more serious some are a bit more relaxed um i try and bring something different every month for you guys and i really hope that you enjoyed this one so yeah if you haven't listened to any other of my episodes I'd say go and check them out if you want to. Um, but there are lots of other lovely presenters who have their own channels on here as well. And I regularly listen to them as well. And they do talk about some really um, great topics. So there's a lot of variety um, with um, Lingerie Lowdown. There's a lot of different topics that get spoken about by lots of different people. So, you know, you can get a real good feel for, you know, lots of different things. Not always about lingerie either. <laughs> so, yeah. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope to see you for episode nine next month. Take care and I'll speak to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to us on Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. Don't forget that we release a brand new episode every Wednesday for you all to enjoy. So if you love lingerie as much as we do, Make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. Don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get a 10% discount off your membership today. So if you love lingerie as much as we do, make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. In fact, it's not just lingerie we love to talk about and review. We cover it all from the world of intimates. From lingerie to hosiery, swimwear to sleepwear, kink and bondage, and we even review sex toys. All in the best possible taste, of course. With over 7,000 published reviews online, we're the number one review site, and we're publishing more every day. And don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com 
forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get a 10% discount off your membership today.